Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Native Plant Podcast. This is Matthew Martin, coming to you not so live from Salem, Massachusetts. Today, we have a very special mini episode with our friend Devin Walsh, who shares his passion for art and gardening. Let's start the show off with a quick bio. Devin Walsh has been in the horticulture industry for over 15 years. He graduated from North Shore Community College with a degree in horticulture and has spent his career restoring and maintaining various estate properties in the New England area. He is an artist at heart and spends his free time drawing, painting, and hiking. Recently inspired by his love for art, gardens, and long hikes, he is focused on using plant materials to create art such as wood carving, spoons, and decorative pieces. Devin has also taken carving lessons north of Boston at Calvo Studio. Hey, Devin, welcome to the show. How's everything going up there in Salem, Massachusetts? Good, man. How are you? Thanks for uh, having me on. Uh, Salem is starting to get busy. Oh, I know. the uh, What is it? The yeah. Halloween capital of the world? Yeah, for, the Halloween for capital of the world. And, uh, the porta potties are all set up and uh, <laughs> the vendors are starting to roll in to sell fried dough and mm. witch hats. How many years have you been living in Salem now? Uh, we got here in 2005. Okay. So I, right I, before I, Halloween. Okay. <laughs> then you're like, can we get out of here? <laughs> what did we do? Yeah. Try driving a moving truck through there. Oh, geez. Some of, some of you might not know is Salem is the Halloween capital of the world. It's the uh, where the Salem witch trials happened. Actually, it was in Danvers, Massachusetts, but yeah. Salem, Salem took the credit. We, we got the claim to fame. <laughs> yeah. So it's mostly getting nuts there. Oh, it's our our street gets loaded with cars and. Have you seen anyone already dressed up yet in costumes? Dude, stuff? that starts in May. It's already in May now. Dude, <laughs> yeah. they do earlier and earlier. Yeah, it's good time. Nice. Um, anything going on in the in the gardens? Anything that's kind of happening? The. I mean, I kind of know. I'm like right in Salem as well. Right, so right, I know right. What's happening? You too. know, I'm about to add to my garden. Um, I divided. I had to divide. Um, I always mess up the name Calmethoda. Oh yeah, uh, the other, yeah. The is that the one with the white flower, right? Yeah, it's like very me- menthol smelling. Mm-hmm. Little white flower with a purple. I mean, it's tiny. It's got a little purpleness to it. But um, yeah, we had to divide it, so I shoved it in my car. You should re- you should check it for bees before <laughs> you do that. You put it in your car. Yes. <laughs> oh. I was like, oh. Oh. Um, no. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, the bees are loving it. I haven't even planted it yet. So that'll be going in the garden this uh, tomorrow or Sunday. I've just been noticing like right now is just the native grasses, obviously, like the switch yes. path and the big blue stem and the purple love grass is just kind on of the highways on the highways right now. Oh, God, it's glowing. Devin, um, what is it that you do? Let's just get right into uh, it. Aside is... from gardening. Yeah. Let's get nuts. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So aside from gardening, um, I am also an artist. Um, I've, you know, gardened for, I don't know, but in the horticulture industry, like 15 years or so. And, um, but art is something that I've always done Mm -hmm. as a kid. And um, it's only recently um, in the past few years, a couple of years that, you know, as an artist, you tend to hit a wall, mm. a, cre- a creative wall. And um, I felt like that was happening where I'd pick up the paintbrush and or charcoal pencil 
and just not feel the inspiration. Hmm. And um, one day I was doing a pruning job on a, um, on a dogwood. And as I cut the branch off, um, I noticed the pith was the shape of a tree. And so I kept, I kept about a six inch piece and it was, um, I'm looking at it right now, about two in, two inches, to two and a half inches in diameter. And I had this thing for months. I didn't know what to do with it. And, um, uh, we had framed these pictures of a, uh, tree houses, in my home office, and they were hanging from string hooked on a hook, but the hook was very ugly looking, you know, like it's not, it's meant for the behind the picture. So I thought to myself, what if I cut off that little nubbin, see how many cookie shapes I can get out of this branch that still have the trees. Perfect number. It came out with four that I needed. I um, put a little hook on the back and hung it uh, on the hook and it became like a hook hider. And I was like, wow, this is like functional art. Yeah. So I'm looking at them right now. I was still holding up and, um, that's how I kind of got like, I don't need to be artistic. I just need to be creative. Mm, yeah. So I started to turn to um, bushcraft videos on um, YouTube. And that led me to spoon carving, which, you know, you, you're going through that. What's it called? Um, anyway, the algorithm. Oh, oh, gotcha. Yep. You know, it sends you to like, you know, carving a little elf out of a piece of chunk of wood. Yeah, absolutely. you know, so so that's how you get more interested, and in, um, yeah, that's how I pretty much got started. I've known you for a long time now, and you're just a very creative person. Mm. And I like the idea too of when you look at that pruning cut, which most gardeners, you know, that would go into the uh, burn pile, compost pile, right. things like that. Um, but you're making art out of it, and now it's mm -hmm. something that's hanging in your home. It's something that you kind of remember, like you probably remember when you cut that. I do, and it was a day yeah. like today. It was cold and raining yeah um yeah you just i don't know what made me look at the cut but yeah it was there yeah i think it's just like a good way of you know using the garden in another way you know right it's, it's i just think that's that's really inspirational i wish i had your artistic abilities where i could do something like that you know oh i, I think like i think being a gardener in itself is artistic because mm. i mean you're playing with color shapes it's funny what I would make landscape designs, you know, you're always drawing a topical, mm -hmm. you know, and you think to yourself, who's going to see this from above? Unless you're doing a, you're <laughs> on your second floor looking right. down, but you, you want to, you know, I always tried to draw a, um, you know, give the person a, a look into what it could look like. From their perspective. From their perspective. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's, so. a, that's, I think that's very, very important because right. how we see the world, especially non-gardeners, like, you know, other landscape designers, gardeners, we can read a plan, Right. your average homeowner might not be able to, and they might, there might be a disconnect there. Right. So being able to make it a little more relatable to them, I think is actually a really, really great idea. So earlier you mentioned YouTube and that's how you learned a lot of the skills on how to make art out of your pruning cuts from the garden. Is there any other way you learn to make this art or is it mostly just YouTube? Oh yeah. I love YouTube university. Cause, um, a it's free. Yeah. You have access to it all the time and you can pause it. Right. You know, um, I do the same thing like playing guitar. 
Yeah, it uses it for everything. Um, so I think it's just a great, as weird as the uh, the internet can be, I think that's just a really good tool. Yeah, well, there's uh, always a, a, a trade-off. You know, there's some crazy stuff on the internet and social media can be sometimes a, a horror show. <laughs> yeah, thank, but, you know, uh, I've never been more normal since I've gotten off that. Yeah, so, <laughs> but it can also be an amazing thing. Like, you can get connected to people that, that are very like-minded. And, and then also, oh, yeah. like you said, you're getting a free education Correct. online. You know, and I think yeah. that, that that's a wonderful thing. So where do you get your pruning cuts from to make your art? Uh, different job sites, different estates that you care for? And what's the best kind of tree and shrub to use to make your art? I Yeah, some of the fruit trees are better. Um, they're softer. I like soft woods. Um, you, you know, having an oak, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, you end up with forearms like Popeye. <laughs> Probably a few cuts. Yeah. But um. You know, things, even maple is a little too hard. Um, so but, when you say fruit trees, do you mean like apple, pear, peach? Like, is... Oh, yeah. Um, right now I have a piece of uh, crab apple waiting for me. Um, I have cedar waiting for me. Um, white birch. No, it was uh, white birch is very good, but um, uh, paperback birch. Um, what's it called? Sweet birch. I have some of that oh. in the uh, waiting too. And it's pure, I mean, it's the whitest when you carve into it. Do you use it? Do you draw? Is there a drying period or do you like to carve into it fresh? Um, sorry for my ignorance. I'm, I've never. No, no, no. There is, so I did take a class, a live class um, with a local car carver out of Gloucester. Um, he's a wood carver. Um, he did offer a spoon class. So I took it. And he introduced tools that I wasn't using before and methods. Um, so what you would do is you take your wood blank. And this was a piece of cedar that had a hook, like it had a, you know, a nice like uh, curve to it. And I drew it out. But as I worked with it, it came out differently. Hmm. Like I let the wood talk, not. So you're almost letting the wood speak to you how it wants to be carved. I know you were classically trained as an artist like you went to art school and been studying art your whole life do you feel that's true not just in woodworking but also in with painting like you let the paint almost talk to you or the canvas a or... lot of yeah because a lot of artists will say like because when i would paint honest i didn't know where it was coming from you know you get in kind of a zone maybe it's a uh, subconscious thing but that they call it the third arm Oh, okay. Because you're you're painting and you're like, wow, where did that even come from? You hear that with authors as well in the literature world, or poets. They're like, I did not write this. I was visited by the muses. Yeah, it it was really, and I think it it I when I a few years before art school, um, I had taken a class, and the class was called Accident, Purpose, and Discovery. Mm. And I was like, well, that's for me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes it's the accident yep and uh, yeah, you find your purpose it. and you discovered it yeah so, here we go yeah i feel um, like also just bringing it back to gardening is that i feel like that's so true for gardening too like you can have a design and you can mm -hmm. think bulletproof it's not until three to five years later 
and then the garden will tell you if this is going to work or not. Exactly. Right? It's like, you know what? The, this particular plant is not going to work. The mm -hmm. one you didn't think is going to work actually does work. Right. And all of a sudden you're like, it starts to talk to you. And instead of trying to bang a, you know, a, a square peg into a circle hole with a hammer, you can just be like, you know what? This garden is trying to tell me something. Right. Like, you know, it's like, it's time to adapt and, and adjust. So that's where I think you were talking about earlier um, in the beginning when you're saying that art and gardening are just very similar. And I, mm -hmm. I think you're really correct on that. Yeah. You're going to be like water. You like <laughs> Oh, Bruce Lee there. Oh, Bruce Lee. Yep. <laughs> you like water, my friend. Yeah. Here's a question that I have for you. If anyone's listening at home, is there any advice um, that you would give somebody who's does maybe doesn't have an art background, but you know, obviously a lot of our listeners are gardeners. Mm -hmm. Say if they wanted to get into maybe doing what you're doing, is there any advice that you would give to them? Um, obviously, there's YouTube um, mm -hmm. brought up. Anything else? Any other? Anything else you would recommend? I would definitely find um, local local artists. Um, you know, I see a lot of people at farmers markets, or um, uh, that you know they're selling their wares, and um, you know, just googling like um, local classes. Yeah. Um, in 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 and uh, community colleges have great. Uh, um, classes and like high schools actually um have um what do they call it adult education classes education, yeah yeah, yeah there's you know salem high is about to they're introducing adult classes for their um programs too vocational oh, right. programs yeah oh that's great i know essex tech does that as well so yeah i was thinking about taking a carpentry class oh that that's right up your alley yeah maybe i'll so, join you on that one yeah <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think makes the pieces this this art that you make unique like why is it special why is it different i think every cut or every well where you get it has a story um, mm. um let's just say you know uh you took a cut from your favorite tree or if it, you know a limb fell from your favorite tree in a storm like you know, I, that has a great shape. I could use that in something. Um, you know, um, there was a guy in Salem who turned bulls. Oh yeah, you remember yeah. in Artist Row? I remember that. Yeah, yeah. He um, he would write down where the it came from. So it could be on Elm Street in uh, Ipswich. Oh yeah, you know. So he he tried to use a lot of local stuff, and I was like, oh, that's great. You know, um, a lot of my stuff right now is coming from work. So um, <laughs> I have that going for me. Well, I'm sure you're going to be passing a lot of this art down to your kids. And then their their kids will pass it to their kids, I'm sure. Yeah, I hope. You know, yeah. I, I, uh, my oldest keeps asking to use it when he cooks. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> is there any uh, wood that you would recommend? Like, for example, say if someone wanted to carve a spoon and actually use it for cooking. Mm hmm any wood that you would be like hey don't use that like don't um i heard the best wood to if you're going to start carving is birch birch okay um but i did do one out of um black walnut and i heard you're not supposed to use that because it does have a toxin in it 
Oh, and that could get into your food or something. Yeah, Most but I'm not sure. Food. I mean, it looks really pretty. Oh, I bet. I love Walmart. Maybe we'd use it for something else. Yeah, you know? so best to do your research if you're going to be using it for food or cooking or something. Right, yeah. right. And I would say pine, that might crack on you as it dries. Um, if it's not dry, dry, doesn't dry properly, Yeah, just may crack on you. But if it's too fresh... You're just gonna get the uh, sap all over you, <laughs> yeah. so don't just stay away from pine. Gotcha. Yeah. One of the things um, we like to let ask some of our guests is, do you have a, a favorite native plant and why? If you want, it's up to you. I know it's really hard. It's like asking somebody their favorite movie. You know, it's like right. Yeah. Right now, my favorite is the Ubatorium Joe Pieweed. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, it's just. Uh, the bees have stopped on it now, but it's still f- swaying in the wind. Oh, yeah. I'm um, still holding strong. And, that, you know, I, I like the dry, the seed heads. And, um, you know, it's right now it's peeking up over our, I think our fence is at least six feet-ish. Wow. And it's, yeah. you know, it's poking over. Yeah. And that's another thing I divided at a property and took home. And, uh I just threw it in the ground one time. Forgot all about it. Yeah, it's a tough plant, and it's great for dividing. So yeah, I, just keep dividing it. It's a very giving plant. You know. Yeah, I think I need to do that. This <laughs> I'm probably gonna do that this weekend. Yeah, mm. it's it's one of my favorite plants too. When I'm talking, when you mentioned the seed heads, um, my favorite thing is letting them go to seed. I don't deadhead them. Mm-hmm. And, walking around the neighborhood after I started planting Joe pieweed and then seeing Joe pieweed pop up in like little vacant lots yes, around town. And you're like, Oh, this is, this is it. Like, this is why we plant native plants mm-hmm. right? and go to seed and let them do their thing is that it's having an impact, not just in our own gardens, but like in the community. Right. right. So like, to me, that's a sign of a victory is like, okay, I planted native plants. Great. But now these native plants are now reproducing. And then Right, and it could have been from your plant. Exactly. And it's like, okay, this is now this is this is a, a true victory because it's one thing just to kind of have like a static garden, you know, and it's just, mm-hmm. it's just there. But it's it's another thing when it actually starts to move. Right. Right. And start to spread and do its thing. Um, to me that's wonderful, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, if you hear um, some scratching, we, I don't know if we, I told you we got puppies, right? Oh yeah. Can't wait to meet them. We just got two puppies. Uh, They're scratching at the door. They want me right now. We have uh, got two Shih Tzu puppies, Flower and Fig. (laughs) Flower's the boy, Fig's the girl, the brother and sister. Nice. They turned 13 weeks. They're ridiculous. Ridiculously cute. Let's put it that way. Right, right. Never had puppies before. They're they're it's awesome and a lot it's of like having twins yeah it's a lot of work it's not like having kids like humans <laughs> it's not like that yeah but i think puppies listen better yeah they... <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of pets do you have any uh pet stories uh well i don't have cute puppies what yeah. i do have is cute two cute guinea pigs oh yeah um so we're in the guinea pig stage right now they're my wife's babies they're her girls uh-huh. Um, so they're the only girls in the house besides her. Um, funny how we got them. 
is that during the pandemic we we thought like hey, what a, what about a fish tank yeah so you know i know we talked to you about getting fish and yep. what types of fish you know texting you and we ended up with mollies and um well we didn't realize it put it this way there was like 50 baby mollies in the <laughs> tank like, at one point they're the rabbits of the fish tropical they really world. are yeah and they don't have eggs they lay live fish. oh yeah it's non-stop it's not yeah so we so we dealt with that we brought them we we surrendered their, their babies to the pet store and while we were there um my wife had noticed there was two guinea pigs that um were up for adoption and i was like oh that's that they're they're cute well, needless to say, we walked out with uh, two guinea pigs. <laughs> That's how it happens. That's how it happens. They what got us. Mean? They're peanuts and butterscotch. Oh, that's adorable. So we didn't we didn't change their names. We stuck to the ones they had. So is it? It's a a boy and a girl, or no, two girls. Oh, that's right. You said two girls. Because yeah. yeah, you it's... have three human boys, right? Yes, we have three very active human boys. So it's nice to have a little feminine energy. Uh, yes. <laughs> guinea pigs are nice my niece has one um his name is her name is honey and mm. i've never grew up with guinea pigs so i they're kind of like i always had fish and newts and snakes reptiles sure. like that um i never knew how uh, social they were and how they just they're very cuddly and they want to they make this kind of very cute cooing sound and yes they're just they're really nice animals they're just great for kids like they're just a great animal they're funny because they do have their own personalities um whereas peanuts likes to build a nest with her hay oh, yeah and then butterscotch has this plastic castle mm-hmm. and we call it the igloo and she just pretty much stays in there she's like a snail <laughs> and she pushes her bedding around and you're just her little head sticks out. Oh yeah, a little sh- <laughs> like a turtle. You're like, what are you doing? Come on and play. Oh, that's. Funny. But they hear the produce bags, and um, it sounds like a car alarm is going off. Oh no way! And you can hear from the other room. You're like, all right, they want to eat. Time to go. So, <laughs> time to go. So uh, on to the next part of our show, and that's a uh, toast. Um, did you bring oh, any yeah. beverage for tonight? I did, and the way I have this was left over from a friend who brought <laughs> some beers over. So I was like, I'm going to try this. What is it? It is, I need my glasses. It's a local Dude, we're, beer. Dude, we're getting old, man. We need glasses. I know. I need my readers. Oh, no. Well, you know what the alternative is. You're not getting old. Yeah, you're dead. dead. <laughs> you know who I got that from? Is that Tom, Tom Petty? Tom Petty, yeah. Tom, love Tom Petty. I love that guy. Um, it's Tailfin. It's from Beverly. Beverly, Massachusetts. Beverly, Mass, right over the bridge. Great city. It's um coastal brewing. It used to be um mile marker. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, they had to change their name. I don't know why. Yeah. But uh yeah, it's right on Rantoul Street. It's a Tailfin IPA. Oh, 7.3% alcohol. Oh, yeah. I'll be taking a nap. I'm going to bed. <laughs> You're going to bed after this. <laughs> going to bed after this. Get my PJs it. on. All right. <laughs> what do you oh, have, Matt? I know this isn't very cool, but well, maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe for the younger folks. I have a white claw. 
<laughs> Dude, you're laughing at me. Don't laugh. I'm not. I had to sneeze. Yeah, I, I have a... <laughs> I have a White Claw, but I'm finishing it off with a um, a, a local beer uh, from Ipswich, Massachusetts, and mm. uh, Pale Ale. It's the um, the 101, Route 101. Oh, the 101. That's yeah, it. Yeah, it's the Route 101. So, mm. which I really like. Um, I gotta go make grilled cheese. Ooh, with soup. All right. On that note, Devin, uh, cheers. Always great to talk to you. Thank you so much for sharing your passion and your knowledge with all this all this great stuff and. Mm. We'll see you on the flip side. Take it away, PT.